This Christmas, I want to encourage all of you, and it's going to sound a bit of a, a, ironic, and my sarcastic humor is going to come out. I want you to be infectious this Christmas. I want your joy to be infectious. I want the joy that God gives you to be infectious. See, we've went through a year that, in all honesty, none of us ever expected that we would ever go through. We've done things we've never done. See, our lives have been twisted and turned every shape you can possibly imagine, haven't they? Literally every way. If, we, if I had told you what was going to happen this year, so if I was standing last Christmas telling you what's going to happen before Christmas 2020, you would laugh and just say, there's no chance. What movie were you watching? What, you know, what dream were you having? But the thing is, God wants to use this in a way that we never pictured as well. You see, this year we have went through a lot of trauma. You can't go through so many changes and not expect some sort of trauma in your life, some sort of that. There's confusion out there. There's so much confusion. There's loneliness. There's hurt. There's even anger and fear. See, there's change in every area of our life, in every aspect of every area of our life. There's change. The thing is, we've been isolated in ways we'd never imagined. You see, we're emotionally vulnerable at this time, because just after events like this, you, you become vulnerable. So I want to encourage you all that not only has all that happened, but you know what? We found out that we're, way, we're strong in ways we didn't know we could be. We'd never been tested like that before. We're hopeful. I don't know about you, but I'm filled full of hope at the minute. I'm filled full of hope about what can happen. We have had to be patient with each other. We've had to have patience, and then not only that, we've had to actually go out of our way now to show love to each other, to actually show others we care, because we couldn't just meet up with them every week the way we, we used to. We couldn't just meet up with them every night, you know, however often we get to meet our friends and family. But we've had to be intentional, and actually, we've actually got to intentionally show each other love now. You know what? We've preferred each other's needs above our own. I don't know about you, but that's been, it's been really humbling how the majority of society has just went, actually, you know what, to prefer everybody else, I'm going to actually, you know, behave myself and restrict myself and follow the rules and regulations. The majority, obviously there's a few that haven't, but that we can't control everyone. But I want to just, I want you to celebrate how you've done this in your own life. You've preferred other people's needs. See, we've celebrated with those who have served us with the NHS, with any other thing that um, has been serving. Like I know it's been my honor and privilege with the food bank just to see people and serve them with the food bank and, and then all of you donating and serving us as we serve them. You know what, it's amazing how we serve each other. It's amazing how we are doing this for the glory of God. We've prayed. We've had to create online prayer now just so we can actually um, still be together in one heart and one mind and meet on a Monday night and pray together. It's amazing and, and exciting that, you know what, we haven't stopped praying together even though we haven't been able to be together. We've all, I'm sure, we've all learned new technology or some new ways of communicating and getting in touch with each other. And we connected in ways that most of us, or some of us at least, didn't even know existed, let alone, you know, done this. But you've stepped up, you've stepped in, and you've engaged with this, you've engaged with God. 
See, I could go on for a long time just picking out these points and celebrating what God's been doing. Because we're supposed to, as Christians, we're supposed to celebrate. You see, and then as we enter this final month of 2020, as we're entering the run-up to Christmas, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on, to keep on doing what you know honors God with your life. Don't lose heart. It would be so easy to lose heart and be complacent at a time like this. Don't just think, oh, I'll be okay. I'll just go on and do whatever I want and I'll be okay. But be patient and allow God to guide you. I want to encourage you with that thought. See, what does it say in Romans 12, verse 12? It says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. See, I want you to allow the joy of God in your life. Let it be part of your lifestyle, of how you live your life, of how you um, do that. But it's not just joyful. We're joyful in the hope. We're joyful in, and we hope, we always want the best. We're supposed to be eternal optimists. Now, not obviously optimists all the time, because some of us are pessimists, you know, but we've, we've got to have an eternal optimism. In other words, beyond this life, we know the optimism we have. Why? Because our hope is in Jesus. Our hope and faith is in God. See, we have the message that whenever we walk into any situation, it transforms that message from a message of despair to a message of hope, whatever it is. And we're called to be carriers of this message. We're called to bring and carry the atmosphere of God with us. We're called to be peacemakers. We're called to be followers of Jesus. So my question to you is this, is what are you carrying at the minute? What atmosphere do you carry around with you? Are you doom and gloom with everyone you meet? Are you, you know, predicting it's the end of the world, it's the end of all times as we know it? Or are you being eternally optimistic? Are you being joyful in the hope that we have, knowing the faith that we have? What do you carry into a room with you? Whenever you walk into a room, what is it like? Now, we all know what it can be like sometimes. We all know those people who sometimes we just rub us the wrong way. And we just, sometimes if we see them coming down the street towards us, you want to either cross to the other side, duck into a shop. You want to run and hide from some people. And it's bad to be able to think like that. It's bad to be thinking that sometimes we do think like that. But sometimes you feel different about different people because of what they're carrying, because of the way they converse, because of what they bring to the conversation. See, sometimes some people are just hard work. They're hard to be with. And that's because of the stuff that we carry with us. And now all of us have to admit, and we have to put our hands up and say, we carry stuff from our life with us. We carry stuff that we've went through and stuff that's been there. And you see, the thing is, this can sometimes affect who we are. Sometimes the baggage that we have gets in the way. It gets in the way of God. And you see, we end up sometimes allowing even the baggage that we're carrying to define who we are, to define what we've become and, and what we become. See, sometimes if somebody struggles with a certain issue for a long time, they think, I am that issue, instead of, I am a child of God and I struggle with that issue. It's all about how we view ourselves. It's all about knowing our identity. This is why we need to self-evaluate. This is why we need to look at our lives. And this, this time of year is a perfect time for us to do that and just go, okay, what am I carrying? Am I carrying some stuff that's even happened through lockdown with me? 
some loneliness, some isolation, some trauma, some struggles? Am I, am I fearful in ways I shouldn't be fearful? Or am I not being, a, uh, being respectful to others because of their fear? See, we are only called to carry what God gives us. But has God given you everything that you're carrying? The Bible very clearly tells us this. See, what we are taught to do in the Bible is to bring our baggage to God. And we give it all to him. We repeatedly give it to him on a daily basis. See, we allow him to give us back what we're meant to carry and say, run with it. See, sometimes in lives we're constantly given things. And see, sometimes these, these things aren't given by God. Sometimes they're given by other people, other people's expectations, other people's experiences, by the circumstances we find ourselves in. And sometimes even God gives us something for a season and we don't want to give it back. See, we're all given these things and our first thing we should ever do when we're given something is give it back to God. Continually just be giving it back to God. See, we give it all back and whatever he gives us back, we lift and we run with. See, here's what the Bible says about these sort of things. It says that in Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, I don't know about you, but weary, burdened, tired, and frustrated can probably speak to a lot of the emotions we've had in the last nine months, ten months, hasn't it? I think we can all relate so much to that. And God simply says, stop carrying these things. Stop carrying anything that I haven't given you. See, the yoke in this passage means Jesus' teachings. See, I don't know if you know about yokes, but yokes is whenever you put oxen together and then you bind them together and then they pull the plow along the field. And it's also used as a, um, a, to talk about the teachings that a rabbi gives. So whenever you were a student of a rabbi in the Old Testament, you, you used to take on the teachings of that rabbi. And Jesus was a rabbi. And Jesus is talking to his disciples here when he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, I couldn't tell you how many times I've heard that. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And we sit sometimes and try and work all this out in our own strength. And we sit and go, all right, God, okay, God, what about this? What about this? What about that? What about the other thing? And see, the thing is, we're all human. We're all fallible. We all make mistakes. But this is why we constantly need to be reconnecting ourselves into God, reconnecting ourselves so we're yoked properly, so we're not pulling when we're not meant to be and when we're, we are pulling when we are meant to be. See, if we properly yoke ourselves to Jesus, this is what happens, and we'll get, what our, we'll get our, um, the desires of God in our life if we're properly yoked with him. See, Jesus says here in this passage, come to him. Are you tired, weary, burdened? Turn to God. Turn to God. Come to him and find the rest that you've been longing for. And this isn't just a, this isn't a physical rest. 
we take on his yokes and his teachings, his way of life, how he lives and how he breathes, how he survives, how he has relationship with God. We look into all of that and we let that life flow into us and through us. See, the thing is, we find the rest for our souls. See, it's not some, just some time off work. It's not just, you know, some physical rest. But you know what? It's that peace that passes all understanding, that in our souls we find this place of rest, that even though storms are raging everywhere and anywhere around us, we are in that place of peace and rest. Why? Because we know and our relationship with God is perfectly yoked, so we do not fear anything. We don't fear anything except for the fearing that we're out of favor with God. See, I'm sure we've all sung that soul, it is, uh, song, the soul, sung the song, it is well with my soul. And I'm sure we've even heard the story sometimes, but I just want to remind you of the story of what happened before the man penned that song. There's a man called Horatio, Horatio Spafford. And in his life, the first two traumas that happened to him were the death of his four-year-old son. And then there was a great fire in Chicago in 1871, and it ruined him financially. He had been a successful lawyer, and he had invested significantly in Chicago, and extensively his properties were damaged. His business interests were further hit by the downturn of 1873, and at that time he planned to travel to England with his family on the SS Ville de Harve to help with D.L. Moody's upcoming evangelistic campaigns. And in a late change of plans, he sent his family ahead while he was delayed because he wanted to work in his business concerning zoning problems following the fire in Chicago. And while crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the, sink, the, the ship sank rapidly after a collision with another sea vessel, the Loch Iron, and all four of Spafford's daughter died. And his wife, Anna, survived and sent him the, the now famous telegram, saved alone. Shortly afterwards, as Spafford traveled to meet his grieving wife, he was inspired to write the words as, he, as the ship passed near where his daughters had died. Bliss called his tune, Ville de Harve, from the name of the stricken vessel. Do you know that same sort of peace? When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll? Could you write something like that after traumas and your life has literally been ripped to shreds? He could because of the relationship he had with Jesus, because of the peace that he had in his soul. He said, it is well with my soul. Can you say that this morning? He did this because he was yoked evenly with God, with Jesus, and what Jesus was working in his life. I want to encourage you to do the same this morning. See, as we view our life through heaven's eyes, we see then God revealing himself through us. We see God revealing himself in us. And it's all about us deciding to give it all to God. It's a simple decision. Let's read just as a bit of a further, Luke 9 and we're going to read from verse 23. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. 
For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose or forfeit their very self or their very soul? It says in other translations. See, we've, t- we've been talking about what we carry. And here we see Jesus saying without a shadow of a doubt that if you want to follow God, it's not about you or what you want. It's not about us. But we take up our cross. We take up the thing that God's given us and we follow God every day. See, will you give your life to God? And I can promise you this, your life won't get easier. If you try and follow God, your life won't get easier. It won't solve all your problems. This will never solve all your problems. It won't make all your dreams come true. It won't make everything that you ever wanted to happen in your life happen. See, having faith in God isn't like rubbing a magic lamp or making all your wishes come true. Instead, it's an act of service. It's an act of love. It's an act of compassion. It's about choosing to love others above yourself. It's about choosing to lose your own life, to choosing to lose your own desires and your own ways. See, you can have everything this world can have, but you can't have peace in your soul through everything. Ask anybody who's ever come into money or has money. You never find happiness there. Ask anybody who's ever had all their dreams come true. But if they've never found peace in their soul. See, through faith in the finished work of Jesus, we find this peace. We will find everything that we ever need and everything that we didn't even know we needed. See, if you hold on tight to what you want, to what you desire, to the way you want things, you can never have what God has planned for you. That's a challenging thought, isn't it? That if you hold on so tightly to what you want, you might never get what God is waiting to give you. See, sometimes we can have so much good in our life. There's so much good stuff in our life and we want to hold on to the good that we've got in our life that we're afraid to give anything up. See, we've got to choose because God is waiting and he has everything planned for us. He has everything that he wants to, but we have to choose to follow his plans. Do we want to follow our dreams or God's dreams? Do we want to pick up our cross or do we want to pick up all the baggage that we have? See, we just sometimes keep carrying the same stuff around with us forever and we're convinced it's a part of us when it's not. When God says, just give it up, give everything up and come to me. Are you willing to give everything up this morning? See, God sometimes has no room to move because we won't lose our own life. We won't lose everything to follow him. Do you want to forfeit your soul? Do you want to give it up? Do you want to give up the stuff that God's got ready to give you? See, this is the beauty of whenever we walk with Jesus. We get everything that God has planned for us, everything that we will ever need. We will have all the peace in our souls that we'll ever need. We'll have all the love of God flowing in us and through us. We'll transform lives as they meet us because God will be shining through us. God promises to give us enough grace for each day. So don't worry about the future. Don't worry about all the things. That, what, what will happen? What will happen? What will happen? Don't worry about any of that. Give it all to God. It's a daily thing. It's a daily choice. It's a daily walk.
That's why we need to be infectious this Christmas. We need to be infectious with God. We need to be infectious with the love of God, with the joy, the joy of hope. This is the time that we do think about these things. This is the time that we freely get to share these things. That's why Kerry read out the passage at the start of the meeting. In James 1 verse 19, Dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. So in other words, don't just pass it over. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This is how we live our lives in God. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. See, the word of God planted in us saves us. It gives us the life that we need. We're not going to get it through anger or through any other things, through trying to force our own way. We're only going to get it through the righteousness that God gives. Verse 22, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. I love that verse. That's one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. In other words, don't be a con artist. Don't just read the words and say, oh, that's nice. But don't let it transform how you do life. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. Now how often do we do that? And then we go back to the mirror and check again and then you're like, oh yeah, my hair is okay. You know, and we've all been there, we've all done it. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in all what they do. You know what? God wants to bless you. God wants you to be blessed in what you do. See, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein in their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. I'm sure we've all sung it before. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. It's an old, old one that I used to sing in Sunday school anyway, even if you don't know it. But it's a song I used to sing. Be careful, little tongue, what you say, because there's a God up above looking down in tender love. Be careful, little tongue, what you say. Do you want to deceive people by not letting your tongue reflect what your heart believes? See, religion that God, our Father, accepts as pure and faultless as this. So in other words, listen up. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Do we allow culture and society and other things to define who we are, to define what we come from? We've been reading over previous weeks about Jesus being the vine and we're the branches, and we've got to stay connected to him and draw what we need from him? Or are we being polluted by the world around us? Are we being deceived by some of their beliefs and some of their ideas about what we should and shouldn't look like? Or do we get our beliefs and teachings from the Bible? What are we carrying this morning? Are we carrying cultural beliefs or heavenly beliefs? Are we carrying cultural understanding or heavenly understanding? Are we serving others in love or are we serving ourselves? We've got to carry our cross daily 
And what's our cross? Our cross is what God has given us, not what we carry ourselves. So lay your burdens down. Come to God. Lay everything down and allow him the freedom of the Holy Spirit to flow through your life, the freedom of what God wants to do in your life to flow through you. And pick up your cross daily and follow him. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that you choose to give us things to carry. God, we are sorry when we make mistakes and we try and carry burdens that we weren't meant to carry. We try and um, do things that we weren't meant to do. We try and uh, just keep on doing things the way we've always done them. God, this year has been a year of upheaval where we've felt trauma, where we've felt fear, where we've been worried, we've had anxiety. We've had all of these different things pressing in in our lives. God, we've been isolated, we've been lonely. And God, we just want to bring all of these emotions to you, all of these things that we've been carrying to you and say, come and heal us of these emotions now. God, come and let your spirit move in our life so that we can know your presence at work in us. God, thank you that as we let go of these things, as we let go of these things that you didn't give us, but that we are holding on to. God, thank you that you bring a freedom into our life, that your Holy Spirit and your love comes into us and flows through us. Thank you that we can become joyful in the hope that we have because our eyes are fixed on you, not in the situations and the storms around us. God, thank you for the clarity that you bring to us. And we get to see you and know you for who you really are. God, thank you that you are here right now and you're working in the lives and the souls of all those listening. God, come and have your way. God, where our hearts are hard, give us hearts of flesh. Where we've hardened ourselves to your voice, unplug our ears, God, and let us hear clearly your voice. God, where we've been hurt, allow your healing touch to come and heal us. God, where there's illness, I pray that you just heal anybody who's suffering from illness right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God, for loving us. Amen. Amen. God bless you all.